Hello world. We're back again. Deep talk. Deep talk. <laughs> Here we are, Josh and Annie. Uh, how are you doing, Annie? Doing pretty good. Spooky season, or at least I guess we're nearing the end at this point. Yeah, when are we recording this? <laughs> Mischief night. Yeah, which is what? The day before Halloween? Yeah. I never heard of Mischief Night until you told me about it's it. Totally a thing. It feels like one of those things someone just made a Wikipedia entry for, but well, I guess I guess it's real. It's when people go out and TP houses. Yeah. Anyway, um, here we are again. And for Mischief Night, for Halloween Eve, we thought we'd talk about something a little spooky. Uh, what do you have in mind? Well, recently we finished watching a show on Apple TV called Severance. And it's this dystopian show where you, where some people choose to separate their uh, work life from their their personal life, and that's well, pretty spooky when you think about it. Like if you take it to the extreme, don't you think? Yeah, I could see how some people might be intrigued by the idea, but you know, I don't think it's something I'd ever consider. The idea behind this show, it kind of takes this futuring um, look on what it could be to go to those extremes where you completely sever those two ties, right? Where there's no bridge between work and personal life. Um, so much so that your work life knows nothing about your personal life and vice versa. Um, so that concept is just really interesting on its own if you think about it and you can kind of see where that takes you and or just watch the show. It's a really good show, highly recommend. Um, but anyways, on the topic of work-life balance, where do you think you fall, I guess, on the, the scale of things? I think I've been pretty successful at figuring out how to manage my professional and personal life. But, um, you know, I think it's one of those things that comes with age and experience and time. And you really got to find out what doesn't work for you before you have a clear picture of what you need to change to find what does work. Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think it's making sure I have time to exercise, making sure I have time to see other friends or eat healthy or, um, you know, go play basketball or something, right? Like get some, get some fresh air. Mm -hmm. um, Cause it's really easy to fall into a rut and fall into a habit where you're just go to work maybe you're not particularly enthused with your job at the time or something and you spend all your energy there and then you just want to watch Netflix on the couch. And then before you know it, you've done that three days in a row and then it kind of bleeds into other areas of your life and it just becomes a self-perpetuating cycle, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's why I think it's so important to find what works for you and to make sure you have some semblance of balance that you're always either thinking of subconsciously or actively or at least striving towards. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I actually really like where you took it there um, because it reminds me that work-life balance isn't just as, I don't know, sometimes I feel like people kind of throw it around here and there and just like, oh yeah, work-life balance, work-life balance. But I think when I think about it more, it's like, is your work sustainable? Like, are you being pushed enough? And also likewise on the other side, like maybe are you getting enough time to take breaks so that you don't burn out? Um, so that when you do go home, you have the time and energy to spend your time as you want to, right? To feel fulfilled. And I think that's kind of where my thoughts go when it comes to like work-life balance. Interesting. Is that because of something in particular that led you to have that type of definition? I guess so. I, I think I've been more operating on this motto of uh, you can't pour from an empty cup a lot more lately um, and totally agree with your statement earlier about how it kind of comes with age, right? And just experience over time. Uh, <laughs> in, in the past, it did not have really great work-life balance. Um, I kind of fell into that trap that you were talking about where I was a consultant at, and initially everything was great, but then I wasn't really holding my boundaries very well. And I kind of fell into the whole, oh, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I can't fail. I can't let the team down. Um, that kind of mentality. And it just kind of spiraled into this really toxic mentality where I just kind of got mad at everyone else who wasn't working as hard. But it was really just like my own thing where I let my own boundaries slip. 
Um, and that's, that's not to say that was like the company's fault, right? So I know we're talking about work-life balance, but it's totally a, a personal yeah, thing. You got to well. do it for yourself. You got to right? do it for yourself. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of comes from experience, like hitting that wall, understanding that I had things to work out before I could get to, you know, said work-life balance and like fast forward to today. Right. Um, I feel like I'm good. I feel like I'm doing really good. I have lots of time to like craft now and carve a pumpkin for a spooky season. Uh, <laughs> I spend my weekends without getting the Sunday scaries, which I think is a really big thing. Like, I think that's success. Um, well, I want to touch on this before I forget. You sure. say that like you're in a good place now and it gives you, it affords you a lot of time, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's really what work life balance is all about to me yeah because uh you know you, you said it earlier and i always forget this even though we've how do i say this we've uh we started at the same time we both graduated college and we both basically went straight into consulting jobs you right did. and i think consulting as much as i kind of didn't enjoy it personally it did teach me some really valuable lessons and one of them being that you know time is money right mm -hmm. like you trade your time in for your work, right? Oh, I was, like, I yeah, you're gonna say billable hours, but yeah. Well, yeah, everything's as a consultant, all your work is billable hours for the most part. But it's really just boiling down to okay, I'm providing time in exchange, I get money. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think we've been really fortunate, and I always just want to call out that I know we were, we're really lucky, we're in a good spot, we mm -hmm. have great supportive families, and then you know we support each other very well. Um. I think a very clear difference between past life versus current life, like consultant versus like UX designer, um, is that I kind of shifted over uh, from, was it being productive for quantity's sake versus now today uh, being productive for quality's sake? What do you mean by that? Um, <laughs> I I don't know maybe it was just like young Annie felt the need to like push out a lot of stuff and I thought I was pushing out high quality stuff too but I, I felt like quantity mattered more because there were so many tickets to work through that I was just like all right check 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 and it was like oh my gosh there's still more <laughs> continue continues to check off these boxes uh today I have like really clear goals that I'm working towards and I get to do a lot of deep thinking and it allows me to slow down um, and so I guess that's what I mean about, uh, quality over quantity. When you say you have a lot of time to do thinking, I assume you mean you don't do all your thinking, you know, during the workday though, right? No, not necessarily. I like, I, I get all the details like worked out at work or during work hours, but sometimes I have thoughts you know, even after hours. And it's not like I'm mad about it. Like, I don't want that clear separation necessarily. Yeah. Um, but I'll be in a creative flow doing my own thing. And then I'll just like, oh, wait, hold on. And something clicks for work. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, uh, I'm not a consultant anymore. Now I work in software development. And sometimes I'll just be doing the most random thing. I'll be sitting there doing dishes. And then all of a sudden, I'll figure out how to solve a bug that I've been working on for two weeks or something. Mm -hmm. um, and I know we both have that type of work arrangement where, you know, we don't have to be in our seats doing work eight o'clock on the dot or whatever, right? We can mm -hmm. do our work throughout the day as we see fit and kind of cater it to our schedule. Yeah. And, you know, that's super awesome for work-life balance. But it's so interesting to me to think about some of our friends, like people that are doctors mm -hmm. or... Uh, someone that's a nurse, any of these types of things, right? Where, like, I guess they can't even do, bring their work home, even if they wanted to, you know? Yeah, and it's more like rigid hours. Like, you have to be there for people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, like, I know in Severance, they were, you know, office workers. But yeah, I think it makes some sense if you were someone like that, possibly. Wait, what makes sense? Severance. Oh, oh, you mean, like, in the medical field? Yeah, if you were in some type of job where you didn't have to, oh, take home like, like the emotional burden. You couldn't burden. bring home your well, that. Okay. Right? I, I just meant like, <laughs> you know, you couldn't bring your work home. And you're arguing for severance in that case. <laughs> well, I'm just saying this like one of the few places where I could see it kind of makes some sense. I still would never do it. I, I can't imagine that 
it, it seems like an unpopular choice, but I could see the argument being made for like, you know, my work is super stressful. I enjoy it. I get paid well, all this stuff, but there's like an emotional burden. There's yeah, a lot it's of, totally just it's very that. taxing, right? Yeah. The emotional burden is what I was thinking. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah, that maybe makes sense. But if you're, I don't know, speaking from the show's perspective, if you really are cut off from your other self, like, are you still as empathetic necessarily as you would be if like you had that full, like, uh, the, the core of you there? I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's true. And I, I think, like, realistically, you can't ever separate things in your life like that. You can't just categorize and put them in boxes, right? Because mm. your experiences in one area are going to inform your experiences in something else. Yeah. You know? What was really interesting, and I don't think this is a spoiler at all, but like, um, there was like residual feelings that would kind of carry over between the two lives. Um, so if someone had a stressful day at work, the, like work life, you had a stressful day, um, that would turn off and then like your personal life would turn on. Right. But you would kind of feel those feelings. Like how weird is that? Isn't that bizarre? <laughs> Vice versa, whether or not you got good sleep or not in order to then work. I don't know. Anyways, I feel like that was a really weird tangent. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think that's like goes to prove, right? Like even the show creators know that you can't completely separate these things. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like wild to me because I do think there are some people who, um, you know, they really don't care so much for their job. Um, and wild to me because I, I feel like I really want to love my job because I spend so much of my time doing it yeah well it's like you sleep and you work and that's what two-thirds of your life or something yeah yeah so we actually spend about a third of our life working that's that's insane my previous statement of a sixth of your life was very off it felt off but i thought maybe that was because of your earlier years where you spend time like elementary through high school um you know just in school learning and whatnot um, maybe even college, if you can count that, but a third of your life, think about that and how bizarre it would be to just not know one third of your life. Spooky. <laughs> well, I think it's easy for us to say this, right? Because we have jobs that we enjoy, but. Oh yeah. We... Talking from a place of privilege, uh, privilege. Yeah. If, if we didn't enjoy our jobs and it was just total a dredge to go right i could see how it'd be really tempting to just cut that part out of your life but at the same time i think you kind of need to have that realization that slap in the face that like okay this isn't working for me and that's going to be my motivation to change and do something better yeah i mean i i guess i'm talking about it this way because i've had that past experience right and like yes granted the context is that i was in a good paying job as a tech consultant um, and I saved up enough money to then, you know, quit and then try different roles before I landed in the UX field. Um, but because I had that ability, I wanted to make sure that I was choosing the right path for me. And right can be, you know, kind of debated, but I looked at a bunch of different paths. I literally had like 10 different plans to execute to see where I wanted to go and what was right for me. Uh, for me, I had an experience where... There were a lot of things that happened at work and like, you know, crap hit the fan and it was kind of a wake up call for me to then evaluate what was actually going on. And part of the issue was just like me trying to sustain and not fail. And I wasn't giving any signs really for my, um, my advocate and or team members to really worry in the same way that they needed to like react because I have this tendency to minimize things, working on it, totally aware, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a signal, signal to take charge and figure out what's happening um, and to assess. Oh, um, I feel like it's just, did you have to really think about it that much? Yeah. <laughs> I guess in, in my mind, it's just like, okay, do I enjoy what I did today as a whole or no? And yes, no, kind of go from there for oh, the most part, so you know? Oh, it's so simple. <laughs> Well, why does it need to be difficult? It seems like this is, 
you spend all your time doing this for your work day, right? And yeah. it, it should just be something you either enjoy or you don't. And if you don't, is there something you could be doing more or is there something you want to explore? It didn't feel that easy back then. I, I, I guess I would say that today it feels easier to understand where you're coming from. Um, but I think I am someone who is who believes that things can get better. And so I tend to stick around <laughs> maybe a little longer than um, most people would. Um, but back then I felt like I had the golden handcuffs on already, even though I was only like, what, there at that company for three years. Um, and I, I don't know, I think maybe like mixing in like low self-esteem and whatever, I still thought I was getting paid like a lot of money. And so I was just like, what if this doesn't work out? Like those fears just kind of pop in, right? Where it makes it feel like it's difficult to then quit and believe in yourself that you can like do better. However, hindsight, that's so crazy to think about. Don't you think? Like, I don't know why I was so scared because I could have left at any point in of any point in time tried something new and if it didn't work out i had good relationships there i could have just gone back if i really needed to it's interesting that that's where your mind goes because in my head i'm like well your parents are super supportive you know i was there to support you like you had fallbacks to go to if you needed to take some time to figure things out but the thing that's always prompted me into action for this type of thing is that okay well I know that I am not super happy in this situation or I'm not really enjoying it, right? Mm -hmm. The longer I stay is more time that I'm depriving myself of doing something that I actually care about, right, you know? Right, And yeah, you could be like, okay, I already sunk two years into learning this skill set and going down this career path and all this stuff, but mm -hmm. that's like the sunk cost fallacy, right? Like you just get stuck into that and if you really want to change, you should just change and make the most of your time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, <laughs> it worked out really well for me. I, I went from like a engineering role to um, I can't even really say engineering. I have an engineering background, but like, uh, uh, what can I even call it? I don't know. Yeah, an engineering role. Consulting? <laughs> yeah, consulting role to uh, a more, um, no, I wanted to say engineering to design role. That's really what I wanted to say. It's very different because um, I just remember a lot of people telling me, hey, why don't you just like learn new frameworks? But that that doesn't make me feel great. Like, <laughs> that sounds so weird. Like some people feel lots of success and they feel motivation when they learn new frameworks. And I'm totally talking like coding, front end development, stuff like that. That was not the thing that interested me. I just like solving the problems. And now I'm in a space where I get to solve problems for people and like talk with people, empathize with them and understand where all these different needs are and find that intersection. It's like a lot of investigative work. Um, and I, that makes me feel like so much more empowered um, because I'm doing the things that fuel me. You know what I mean? This is probably just me, you know, breaking out the armchair psychology, but I also think at that point in your career, you were a little bit younger, a little more naive, and you probably took people's word a little too, oh, agree. too much to heart, you know, <laughs> like what works for someone may not work for you. And that's why you got to take everything as a grain of salt, right? Yeah. Yeah. And this, we can go into another like um, episode on this, but just like how you're your upbringings affect how you think this is totally one of those respect your elders type of situation coming from an asian background where i just took their word as as truth and uh ran with it a little too far and eh, it's happened a lot in <laughs> past years and uh i think really only like three years ago i like figured that out but i totally agree with you that's what it was yeah, it's pretty wild how much, you know, as you get older, you realize why you think certain ways. And mm -hmm. generally, it's all from either your parents or those kind of early formative years where you had something good happen to you, something bad happened to you, and it's just kind of colored your outlook ever since. Well, the thing that I really found fascinating is the word should. And I feel like we're kind of getting away from the topic here. But 
when someone says you should do something or even you say you should do something, I would challenge you to question why you think you should and where those thoughts are actually from. Um, because that's not really you speaking, that's either society speaking and we're like, uh, someone's opinion of what you should be doing. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, I, I like take a pause now whenever that comes up, but it feels like it fits in here, at least from my perspective, because there were a lot of shoulds that happened in the past for me that, um, you know, had I addressed them sooner, I would have probably had better work-life balance. I, I think, yeah, I see where you're coming from. And I think society as a whole is kind of putting a lot more shoulds into young people's minds earlier and earlier on. Yeah. Um, I don't know when it happened, but it feels like somewhere along the way, college became about like career prep as opposed to exploring and learning and personal growth, right? Like yeah. when I was going through college, I was like, okay, I got to go, got to learn this and then get a job. I... But I don't think that's the way it always has been, right? Like it should have just been, I want to learn this cool, interesting thing. Well, it's funny that you say that because I think of all the people I know, you did college the way where you actually approached it from a place of curiosity, like in every regard, like every major, because you changed it a couple times. I took it as like a, this is my roadmap. I must complete it from point A to point B. Yeah, that's true. I definitely changed majors a few times and you definitely did not. <laughs> but we both graduated in five years. So what does that say? Hey, hey I don't know. I did a co-op. I just want to call that out. Did that's, a co-op. That's true. I did a bike ride. So we'll <laughs> uh, we can talk about those in some other episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of going off that train of thought, I do think like you go from college, then you go into work, mm -hmm. right? And then I think a lot of people just feel stuck, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then if you're in this job that you don't like, if you're in a career path that isn't really jiving with your goals for your life no one's going to change that for you except for you. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a big part of that is finding work that energizes you mm -hmm. and that you get excited about and you, you, you enjoy waking up to do, even if it's, you know, no one's job is going to be fun all the time. Yeah. Um, man, I feel like I'm talking to my little brother here because we, <laughs> we were just talking about this earlier today, but um, it's, it's like a, you have to do it because you have to make an income and be able to support yourself. Right. Um, but the way you spend that time is, is what's so important. I think that's also like really interesting, right? So we were talking about uh, not everyone can just jump ship and then change, right? Uh, it really depends on, um, you know, how much support you have, how much you have saved up. And um, we mentioned earlier that we were coming from a, place of privilege, but there have been a couple of people who've reached out to me on LinkedIn about how I made that jump and how I knew I wanted to like put my money into learning like UX design. Um, and I kind of jumped around a little bit. I did like online classes through Coursera, Udemy. I like looked a, a bunch of um, YouTube videos on various topics and or even just like a day in the life of a UX designer to networking events like there are different ways to figure it out and get a sense of what the potential would be for you like how you would fit into like this new role without fully committing before you actually commit um and then i i even did the whole like uh community college route thinking i would maybe get an associates before jumping but then i ended up doing the boot camp um but i i took a lot of steps to make sure this was like the right place for me um, and it worked out well. And I've actually passed on that advice to a lot of people too. I mean, it'd be, it'd be boring if it was a straight line, right? It would be. It like, really would like be. The, the beauty of all this stuff and of these journeys is that they're winding and that they're going to be unique to each of us. And uh, I don't know. I think there's something poetic and beautiful about that way of life. <laughs> it's just so crazy because when I think back to when I made that jump, my parents were so freaked out about the prospects of, you know, how I'm even going to approach changing jobs. These days we have access to so many different things just because of the internet and it's wild how far that can take you and things are becoming more and more accessible. Yeah. I mean, you, you've, you've got the culmination of human knowledge, you know, in your 
pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I think at this point, it's really just a matter of putting in the time and effort because mm -hmm. whatever it is you want to learn, you can you can find that out there, mm -hmm. and usually you can find it for free, at least as a place to get started. You know? Yeah, I've actually come across a handful of um, software developers even who've just like purely learn coding online without going to any um, institution, I suppose, like university and or boot camp. They just did it all on their own and they're like developers now. Yeah. I mean, I work with a couple developers that, you know, didn't even finish college or didn't even go to college. Yeah. It's wild. Love it. Love how the world's changing. And I think that kind of circles back all the way in my mind to like why it's important to find balance in your life mm -hmm. because really I mean, I say that I'm always striving for balance in my life, but that's not true. The, the truth is I'm striving for the freedom of choice in my life, right? Yeah. If I want something that I don't have right now and I know I'm going to need to put in some serious hours to work towards it, then I just need to have the, the, the option to put in those hours. Mm -hmm. And so I need to have a work that's flexible enough to give me the freedom to go do that. Mm -hmm. And so if I want to go learn a new language or something, that's going to take some time, but I need to find the balance in my life to get all the stuff that I need to get done, done, and still have the energy and time to go pursue my larger goals. You know, mm. I think it's all about the freedom to be very intentional. Mm -hmm. In a really roundabout way, um, my, my current um, place of employment, they actually offer like Grubhub um, credits, like Monday through Thursday, which is really cool. Um, just enough for us to like buy a meal so that we can focus on the things that we care about. And I actually think that like going further than that, like taking it one step up, um, having access to things like that, right. That give you back time is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, having more money, having more spending power offers you more options and, um, Honestly, that's kind of like the best of both worlds, right? Where you are, um, well, you have enough means, depending on your lifestyle, to then do whatever you want on the side. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, we all have to spend to live for food and shelter and cars, yeah. transportation, all these different things. But how you get that money and how you spend it like those are things that are in your control for the most part. Mm -hmm. So it's up to you as the individual to figure out what works best for your goals in your life. Because um, I know you couldn't live like this, but I could probably <laughs> be very content living on like rice, beans, macaroni, um, and some fruits and veggies, sure. But like I could do that and that would drastically change how I, my relationship with my work, right? Because work is how I get money. I get money so that I can survive. And the circle goes on and on and on, right? Um, it just changes how you go about your day and what you do with your time. I just want to clarify that I am not a huge spender. I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I think it's telling that I was just, you know, slightly pointing that direction. And then you feel so attacked no, I don't feel attacked. I just want to clarify. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I can do bare bones type of things, but I just like variety in my meals. Don't like having rice and beans every day. That sounds terrible. Um, but more power to those who can. Like, I just, I need variety. Okay, completely unrelated work-life balance. The style and colors that was used in Severance was amazing. <laughs> I've been on this like Schoolhouse Electric kick and yes, yeah, Schoolhouse Electric is a brand. Um, I guess not many people know it like actually comes out of Portland and I've, we've been to that store. Um, but I've deemed it like my interior design style, kind of a retro mid-century modern, like got some quirky bits in there. Um, but they have all those things in there. Uh, it's great. It's great. Uh, just minus the the weird gray clinical feel. Yeah, just subtract that and everything is great. <laughs>
Yeah, I mean, I think they're clearly trying to show like this is the divide between outside life and going into the office. Um, That's a UX thing. Did you know that? It's like a disruption. Yeah. So you can tell. Uh, Yeah, I was about to say that. Sorry. (laughs) Schoolhouse Electric. Dystopian. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. And I think that kind of highlights something that I guess we haven't really talked about much yet, but that's kind of a big shift that's come up from the pandemic, which is fully remote work, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I have been working remotely for basically the entire pandemic, and I can't imagine myself going back ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're you're already going back into the office, right? Yeah, hybrid. Yeah. Um, just Tuesday through Thursday in the office. That sounds dreadful to me. It's it's actually quite fun, but I think it's because of my personality. The only part that I dislike is the traffic. Um, it wasn't as bad in the beginning because not everyone was doing hybrid. But ever since the school season started back in August, it's been terrible. What was a maybe 25-minute drive has turned into an hour commute each way. That's two hours of my day. That's terrible. <laughs> it's yeah. not how I want to spend my time. Three times a week. Three times a week. That's six hours of my life. Yeah, just think of all the hours you're wasting in your in your whole year, right? I mean, I actually end up being intentional on uh, what Tuesday and um, Wednesday, at least after work, I try and go to, um, you know, yoga after, so that it's kind of, you know, it breaks up the the commute back home. So less bad. I just feel like working remotely affords you so much more flexibility in your time and your life that like, I don't know how anyone could argue against it. <laughs> we, we've clearly proven that people can work. Uh, you know, you, if you're a white collar worker, if you're a knowledge worker, you can, you can work remotely, right? We've shown that over the last two and a half, three years at this point. Yeah, I think the concern's always been just around camaraderie, right? Um, and as long as you can plan out those days for your employees to like really get into work and then be with each other and bond, I honestly kind of feel like that's enough. Um, to be honest, whenever I go into the office Tuesday through Thursday, I spend a lot of my time just talking with my coworkers about a bunch of different like fun topics or just interesting um concepts ideas and sometimes it'll actually kind of spark my own creativity in other ways even within work and or like just my own projects at home um so i don't know pros and cons to both i would love the ability to work a little bit more remote would uh i feel like two days would be great for me just let's avoid the really heavy traffic day and then it's only four hours of commute you know i think i just really enjoy having the flexibility to work out when i want yeah you know go for a walk like two hours to my day back is huge even if it was just one hour which is probably more common for most people i think yeah I hear you, but I also just kind of like listen to podcasts during that time and or decompress and like, um, can you stop saying like, it's the time where I get to reflect um, because I have this set amount of time where literally all I'm doing is just sitting and driving in a car and sometimes I'm just stopped Uh, and I'll run out of podcasts to listen to too actually. So I'll sit and think about the things that have happened in the week, the interactions I've had, how things have gone. It's really where I sit in process sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for you, I think you've mentioned before that you you actually like going into the office just to have something that kind of breaks up the monotony of your day, right? You're the actual transition. Of- yeah, there's that physical <laughs> change in location and environment that kind of triggers something. Right, right. It, it kind of like mentally preps me to get to a place where my I'm ready to work. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than just rolling out of bed and then jumping on my computer. Yeah. Usually, I've done that a couple of times. <laughs> usually if I don't get up and go for a run, I wake up within five minutes, maybe change, maybe change my clothes, maybe <laughs> brush my teeth and then just hop onto my computer and then the workday starts. Yeah. Those days are rough, <laughs> but you get more sleep, right? So. Yeah, exactly. It's a trade off. Um, I do think, though, 
working remotely, I, I was reading some some study about this recently about how the pandemic has caused like a widespread shift in personality for the population oh, in the really? US at least. Yeah. Huh. Basically more people are uh more introverted, more uh neurotic, like Hi, it me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like I never thought about it, but I feel like I personally thrived during all this time at home when I could prioritize my life more freely, but I can see how some people it could wear on them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's totally me. I I always thought I was an extrovert in college, and then I started questioning it, and then I thought I was in maybe just like an ambivert, but I think truly I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert. And I totally am more on the neurotic side where I just like analyze everything. It's a lot. It's a lot. You need you need to sit and process that <laughs> sometimes and or not process it. Being being by um, other people kind of helps get me out of that. Yeah. 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 I'm going to side with the latter. I said two things. I side with the latter. That's kind of the benefit of me doing hybrid, right, and going into the office. And that's not to say that we can't find that also in our own lives, right? If you were fully remote, I feel like I could totally, you know, plug into a community. I'm actually already on a bunch of different things um, where, you know, UX designers meet up and whatever. But um, if I had to, I had a, I have a way to do that. Yeah, I think it's important and something that I probably haven't put enough stock into to make an effort to go out and meet people, talk with people, get out of your little bubbles. Um, that's what's been nice about going out and playing sports again recently is that I'm meeting people from a lot of different walks of life and different careers, different ages, right? And it's just refreshing to be with people that don't talk like you, think like you all the time. Um, it's it's so easy to have normalized <laughs> being in a bubble since the pandemic started. Exactly, right? <laughs> That now it's hard to break out of said bubble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I guess that's, yeah, that's true. I mean, when I started go going back in the office, I was so overwhelmed. I literally could not get anything done because I was just so overly stimulated. It was like crazy town for Annie. I was just like, whoa, senses heightened. I can't, like, what are you saying? Oh, some, something's moving over here. <laughs> like, this is not normal. <laughs> It was a lot. It was a lot. But yeah, let's let's not completely normalize just being in a bubble because echo chambers happen and then like um, echo chambers happen and and then you can't break out of it so easily. It's it's good to have, you know, varied backgrounds around you so that you can yeah. have good conversations. And, um, you know, what I said in the previous podcast like exchange of ideas and whatnot like that's always the best i love that stuff mm -hmm. give me more i think it's definitely a like your mileage may vary type thing but <laughs> for me i thought that i could get away with working and living remotely for the most part just because i'm involved in a lot of online communities mm -hmm. you know i'm in True. a bunch of different discords i'm in a bunch of slack channels uh things like that but the problem that i didn't really account for was how similar those people are to me in those groups mm -hmm. um and you just end up reinforcing the stereotypes and beliefs that you already had <laughs> so then whenever we've we've started coming out of the quote-unquote pandemic slightly slowly in the last couple months it it has been jarring just like what you've said um yeah. i think it's hitting me a little bit later than you because you've been going to the office for a while now but for me it's like Okay, I, I see what you were talking about now. I'm catching up. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to make a conscious effort on those days where I do remote work to break up my day more. Like I, I try and go for a walk here or there, but if I have personal work that I want to do on my laptop after work hours, uh, you know, once the day is done, um, I just can't for the most part because my environment hasn't changed. Like I need that. I, I don't know. I need a separator in between. That's why the, the car ride doesn't bother me as much as I think it does you. Because um, I just can't sit in one place for too long. Yeah. Or at least, no, that's a lie. That's a lie. I can craft for hours on end. I was going to say, you were just carving a pumpkin today for like eight hours. 
and your your Apple Watch told you to stand, even though you were standing the whole time because you were moving so little. (laughs) It's more just being on the screen. I don't know. There's something about the blue light that's happening that is getting to me, I think. I'm not sure. I haven't figured it out yet. If you know, let me know. It's that or it's because you're binging Love is Blind. And then before I know it, you're like four episodes deep. Well, I mean, I just have it on the background. <laughs> what's what's better than some reality TV while you're just casually carving uh, a pumpkin? I was listening to a podcast at some point, too, but I watched the whole entire thing, which is wild to me. Um, the whole thing being like up until the point where a new episode hasn't released yet. <laughs> so... Any other things you want to talk about with work life? If you are working remotely, one tip that I read online like two years ago (laughs) is that if you need a way to transition your day, highly recommend either a walk or even just changing your sensory, right? So light a candle and then say, this is now me time. Some people have a mantra where they're like, okay, shutting down and that actually works for them. Does not work for me, but you know, you get the idea. And that, that seems a little cheesy to me, but you know, if it works for someone (laughs) more power to you, I think I just like switch from my personal laptop to my work laptop. And that's like, boom, done. (laughs) I can't do that. Um, As you were saying that though, there was one thing that I realized we didn't talk about, which is like, we are clearly roughly the same age we're in the same socioeconomic classes all the same stuff right Mm -hmm. but i think an interesting thing for work-life balance and how we've come to define it is that it's so different from what generations before had really ever thought about it right yeah like i think your parents and my parents have a very different idea of what it means like my dad has been working at the same company for how old am i at least that long (laughs) um he's probably been there i think like 35 years now at this point right which is crazy um you're not 35 no i'm not but (laughs) i'm just saying that he's been working at the same place longer than i've been alive which is wild to me because i've my career has been pretty short and i've switched jobs multiple times well i just think (laughs) the older at least asian generation really prioritizes and values stability and that's kind of what success also looked like. Stability is, you know, the face of success for them. Yeah, I don't even think it's an Asian thing. I feel like just older, oh, totally agree. older I know, I'm, I'm speaking more from my parents' point of view. Um, I've been doing a lot of deep thinking on the Asian American identity, and that's a part of it, so. We'll definitely talk about that at some point. But I'm curious, if you asked your parents what they thought of their current work-life balances, how, how do you think they'd answer? They say it's like pretty chill for the most part. There are like seasons of slowness and seasons of busyness, but they're just kind of like, it is what it is. They're, they're just immensely grateful for the stability and the fact that, you know, I come from a family of six. I have three other siblings. And so their company has given them this like life force in order to like pay for our colleges and whatnot whether through equity of the company and um, so on and so forth and just like their general yearly salary. But um, yeah, they're just thankful. They have so much gratitude towards their company. Yeah. I think my dad's the same way. My mom has done like odd jobs for the most part throughout while she was raising my brother and I, but um, my dad was the primary uh, breadwinner and yeah i don't know like i don't think my dad's ever really even thought about changing jobs because the company's been good to him and Mm -hmm. he's yeah that same idea yeah Mm -hmm. it's like so at some point even though he probably could have done something better or found a better paycheck or found something with a better work-life balance i don't think it's ever really crossed his mind oh what's wild is when i told my mom that she should ask for uh, a bump in pay and she's just like what you want me to go ask well, if you don't ask, who's who's going to ask for like, you? You have to advocate for yourself. Yeah, maybe that's maybe it's a generational thing. Maybe we're just way more direct than our parents. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I've become woke in this regard because I used to not be able to ask for these things for myself, but I now feel 
more equipped to do it these days. Um, but that's through a series of events that have happened to me where I'm just like, I am the one who's looking at, like, I have to be the one looking out for myself. I mean, I can have a great community, but I am the only one who truly knows what's happening because it's, I'm the one experiencing it, you know? So you gotta do what you gotta do. Just take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the balance is all about, right? It is. That's what the balance is. Yeah, I really like that quote you said about the cup. <laughs> oh, uh, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. Yeah. That. I, I didn't actually get what you meant at first when you said it initially. Wait, really? Because like, it took me a second to wrap my head around, like, am I the cup? Or am I the... <laughs> but I see what you mean. <laughs> it's, yeah, like what, how much you give and how much is given to you. Um, but it only rings even more true for me because I tend to be um, someone who loves to give but i also have this ten tendency to not want to receive and so that's just oh a terrible formula for things so these days operating on filling my own cup and i just do that for myself through crafting and um taking care of myself in various ways but yeah fill your cup yeah i'll say this in conclusion basically that you know i don't remember where i read it or where i first heard it yeah, it's live to work or work to live. Mm -hmm. Oh, it was just that simple? Okay. Yeah. That's why I think balance is so important because like whenever you work for someone else, whenever you're working for a company, you know, that's not your family. That's not, that organization can be really good to you, but it's never going to have your interests first and foremost to the same degree that you will, you know? That's true. Yeah, business comes first in a yeah. business. Mm-hmm. And it's natural. Yeah. It's just kind of how things work. Uh, yeah, that's the way it is. But that's why you also have to have your interest first. And you can't, you know, go kill yourself getting a bunch of work done and putting in 80 hour weeks consistently and just, you know, living for the company's uh, benefit, right? You got to put yourself first, pay yourself first, take care of yourself first. And that's what enables you to, to grow as an individual and lead a healthy, successful, prosperous life, I think. Mm -hmm. so true that's all i got <laughs> yeah that seems like a good stopping point as any um any shout outs you want to give to wrap up this episode yeah i have a new favorite product it's called jojoba oil so i've recently what is that <laughs> i i was gonna say i've recently been in into skincare but that's also not true <laughs> Yeah, that's I, mean, I, make, recent. I make these like wild statements and then I'm like, hold on and take it back. <laughs> it, I've been obsessed with skincare lately where I've just been getting facials and um, I just in the last couple months, my skin has been super dry. And so the lady who has been doing my facials, I was just asking her, is there a way to solve this dry skin issue? Because I use moisturizer, but I feel like sunscreen is getting in the way and I'm getting congestion and whatnot. Jojoba oil is the answer. It's like a magical oil that does everything for you. It not only takes off your makeup, adds moisture back in. It like acts as a barrier for your skin and mimics like this, the skin oil so that it, your skin doesn't produce more sebum, aka like pimply things. Um, and then, I don't know, you could just use it on your elbows, your knees, your whole body basically and your hair. And it's just amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Highly recommend. Jojoba is spelled J-O-J-O-B-A, if you're curious. And this stuff is cheap. Like, in comparison with some of the stuff I'm buying, this is so cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Josh is here, like, nodding his head. I'm like, all right, Annie. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I looked at your skincare drawer or whatever, I don't think I'd be able to pick it out, even if you spelled it for me like this. But, uh, you know. Cool. Go check that out. <laughs> um, for my shout out of the week, I'll give it to another podcast, actually. Um, the NBA season has just recently kicked off. We're pretty early in. And, you know, the podcast that I personally listen to the most is called No Dunks. Um, I've been following those guys for a long time. They've been doing it for, I think, like 16, 17 years at this point. Um, and if you are a casual NBA fan, if you're getting into the NBA, if you're into basketball or sports or just want something a little bit more lighthearted than some of the super hardcore analytics podcasts and those things, no dunks is the way to go. Um, but 
I also wanted to give a shout out to a, a new podcast that they just recently spun off called the Is This Good Podcast, <laughs> which is such a simple, fun idea, but I have enjoyed listening to it so much more than I ever thought I would. And it's basically, they have someone that brings a, a list up of topics, right? Mm -hmm. And then the panel will vote if this thing is good or not, right? And then whenever there's a tie, they'll go to the uh, the live audience section and they'll vote then and there. And it's just really, really fun concept. I actually want to do an episode like that sometime between us and maybe we'll bring a guest on or something like that. What's but, been the most interesting one they've done so far? Well, they had an Australian guy on. And so there was a really popular one about like, is it okay to wear flip-flops into restaurants mm -hmm. um australians call them thongs and i thought that was interesting but honestly it's the characters that make the show so you just gotta go go listen in because the group of guys they have on that podcast there's like a staple of consistent people that always are on there and they'll usually have some other guys that switch on and off as guests mm -hmm. but they have been friends for so long they have so much history and backstory and like funny stories that have come up between them that it really makes the show shine and that's kind of uh the type of thing that you know if you've been listening long enough like i have you kind of feel like like you're there with them because you've you've been a part of those stories sort of as they come up anyway i'd love for that to be our case too who knows maybe if we get consistent about this we said we we're gonna post every two weeks but i, I want to move to once every week we'll see this one should be on the two week mark. Yeah, <laughs> so. I think we're we're experimenting a lot right now with recording and where we record and just creating an outline is difficult is what I found. <laughs> we'll we'll get there eventually. We're we're working out the kinks. I'm a better linear thinker now, but I'm really still very much like, what is it a little burst where I kind of go everywhere and ricochet. Um, yeah, that was enlightening to me. I, yeah. I really thought I changed, but <laughs> I guess not. Change is a is a process. It is. It takes time. Anyway, I think we'll go ahead and call it there. Uh, you have to go carve a pumpkin. I have to go get my Halloween costume ready. Uh, anything else you want to say? Thanks for listening. Happy Halloween.